Hi, this is Emma LeCavalier. I'm the Deputy Editor of Global Policy Next Generation, and you're listening to the Global Policy Next Generation podcast. I'm here at Leeds University at the Global Policy North Conference, and I've had the opportunity to speak with Judith Blake, who is a city councillor in Leeds. She's the leader of the Leeds City Council, as well as the chair of the Core Cities UK City Network. I started my conversation with Councillor Blake by asking her about the One Yorkshire strategy and the challenges that led to the call for devolution in the region. Devolution is um, the way we need to go. You know, it's it's fairly clear um, that the current model, the most centralised um, system in Europe, um, that in England, is not working on behalf of the people um, in our communities, and it's particularly so of um, people in the north and um, I think it's um, clearly been reflected in the Brexit vote, you know, people feel very disconnected from the um, um, powers that are and the decisions that are made in London. So um, obviously Leeds um, um, was very much involved in the early city deals. Um, We have had the largest city deal um, back in the early iteration. but uh, when George Osborne changed the um, goalposts and insisted that we had to have directly elected mayors, it presented problems politically um, for Leeds. Um, I think the mistake that the government has, ma- has made is that they've tried to replicate the Manchester, Greater Manchester model around the country and it doesn't work in areas that have um, split borders. So Leeds City Region, the largest um, economic area in the north, um, right at the heart of the north, absolutely pivotal to the northern um, powerhouse, actually has five West Yorkshire districts, but it also has the largest districts from North Yorkshire, County Council and York and Barnsley as uh, constituent uh, members. And um, the government, um, when we put forward a, um, a deal for Leeds City Region, the previous government um, couldn't get it over the blocks because unfortunately the local Conservative MPs objected to the prospect of um, what they thought would be an indefinite Labour uh, morality. So um, there have obviously been discussions in South Yorkshire, they uh, you know, decided to move ahead very, very recently but um, the government asked us to go back uh, um, to our constituencies, bottom-up approach, come up with something that worked that would be supported so we've done exactly that and we've come up with one Yorkshire and out of the 20 local authorities in Yorkshire we have 18 signed up plus the newly elected um, city mayor for the Sheffield city region and um, we are work- we've worked we ha- had a meeting this morning presented our economic case um, the rationale behind it plus the governance model and governments are refusing to talk to us about it so it's incredibly frustrating, but we're determined to carry on. We're very determined in Yorkshire to uh, to get uh, move forward and to get what we believe is the best option for the future of people um, across the great county of Yorkshire. And could you give a specific example of a policy area where it would really benefit the region to have greater control? Um, so um, we are, we're already working on transport. Transport is a massive one, but we're working very much engaged in transport for the north which is a great step forward we're with all of the rail disaster that we've had this summer we're actually um, leading a review with the rail minister joe johnson and we you know from the north we'll be looking at um devolving more powers around um uh, transport to transport for the north 
and Yorkshire will play a big role in that. Where we've been very successful is around the skills agenda, where we, through our city deal, we had um, money and and powers um, devolved down to us, and we worked together at local level, bring together business, ourselves as the council, education providers, and our positive outcomes for young people were averaging around seven out of 10, whereas the government-led programs were about um, four out of 10. Um, and it just really demonstrates if you work at a, um, a local level, how much uh, more you can achieve. We're working Yorkshire-wide on the housing needs. Um, energy is another massive area where, you know, with you know, this huge potential if we can work at a Yorkshire footprint to really address the energy needs going forward. We've got an ambition in Leeds, for example, to be the first hydrogen um, city working with partners not only in, across Yorkshire but up into the um, Tees Valley area as well. So, you know, so much to go for and, um, you know, Yorkshire is a brand. People understand <laughs> Yorkshire. But, you know, there's a huge pride um, in Yorkshire, God's own county, you know. Um, and you see that um, through all of the work that we've done on the back of the Tour de France, the Grand Depart coming to Yorkshire, we now have one of the most significant cycle races in the country as a result of that, the uh, Tour de Yorkshire. And tourism um, is another massive area for our economy. And, you know, why wouldn't you want to come to the most beautiful uh, <laughs> county in the country with some of the best people that you're ever likely to meet in your life? I'm not even British and I've heard so much about this Yorkshire sensibility, so well done to you guys. Um, so the One Yorkshire policy isn't the only way that Leeds seems to be reaching beyond its geographical borders. Uh, you're also a member, a chair of the Core Cities uh, mm-hmm. network. Could you describe what Core Cities is and what kind of value that brings to yes. Leeds? Yeah, so we um, um, are working as a network um, representing the 10 most economically active cities in the in Great Britain. We, um, It's difficult to engage with Belfast at the, um, in terms of um, governance at the moment, but we do work closely with them. Um, and um, the collaboration has been well established over many years and it's through the core cities agenda that we actually have led to the city regions and some of the um, devolved deals that we've seen this far. Um, but we're, we're working um, together really um, to drive the economy forward um, but also we have um, work ranging uh, across a, a whole plethora of different areas and just set up a culture commission for example really exploring the value of culture to our cities, recognising our difference but also recognising um, the incredible um, economic and social benefits that um, investing in culture actually brings into our cities, um, an area that government actually doesn't um, follow through. So, you know, it's really as a lobbying organisation and um, through the Brexit debate actually recognising that cities are the drivers of economic growth. Um, we um, have direct relationships with cities around the world, really deep, established relationships. I've just been in China celebrating our 30-year um, relationship with Hangzhou, and we've just signed for you know to continue that relationship going forward. So incredible links with our universities, um, but also recognizing our sector strengths um, going forward. So. With um, all of the advances in data, digital, creative industries, you know, very exciting um, 
um, agenda to be working on at the moment. So what you've described is a whole lot of reaching beyond your borders, and yet you've also just brought up the B word, Brexit, Mm -hmm. and there's simultaneously at the national level a sort of changing opinion of what those borders should be or where that reach should go. So how do you feel that Leeds is preparing for Brexit and whether and do you feel that Westminster is giving you enough support or to cities in the north in general as we face this transition? Um, so so through Core Cities we um, we got became so frustrated at not having that engagement that we believe we deserve as the the um, the real um, economic um, um, powerhouses in the country that we um, together um, wrote to Michel Barnier and asked if we could have an audience with him and we went across together as city leaders to meet with him and to just um, really establish the fact that we want to keep the relationships um, going between our cities and um, look exploring different ways that we can keep the collaboration um, going. But um, it's very difficult at the moment. Um, we, there is a real sense of dysfunction in central government that um, all of the attention is on Brexit. Um, and so the areas where we would normally be working, um, we feel very frustrated that we're not um, making, you know, able to get um, decisions out of Westminster that we believe we need to move um, forward. And we're certainly um, not getting the dialogue we need to help us um, prepare for a post-Brexit landscape. And it's the uncertainty, I think, that is so difficult. So obviously um, the public sector business sector look to us as a local authority to hold the ring in terms of the implications um, um, moving forward Um, but you know with a lack of certainty about where we're actually heading it's quite hard at the moment to um, to really um, get a very clear understanding of where we're going to be. No I can imagine. Um, Now do you feel that the Brexit uh, ideologies that go behind it, a lot of the ideas of uh, gaining greater sovereignty at the national level and trying to disentangle from the European Union. Do you feel that sort of approach works directly against the interests of most of the cities or do you feel every city has a sort of different response to the Brexit idea? Um, It will work for some, it won't work for others, or is it uniformly bad for sort of urban growth? Yeah, it's, um, it's very difficult to be sure. I think um, you know we we're so we're framing every discussion that we have in terms of looking at the challenges that are being thrown up in terms of you know we have the largest um, teaching hospital in Europe. How are we going to make sure we keep our health services staffed at the moment? It's um, it's uncertain. Um, but what we what we what we have to do is make sure that we respond um, to all of the challenges that that we're facing. So where we're facing a skills shortage, how can we actually turn the whole um, agenda into an advantage for those people who do feel um, that they have been left behind um, and actually really tailor the programmes around education, skills development to actually serve their needs and then serve the needs of the emerging uh, business that we have um, in our in our city. But it's there's such challenge um, with the uncertainty um, that we uh, are working together to try and make sense of it. But it, it's um, I think we're all sharing the same level of frustration as we try and prepare for the um, the, the future. Well, it sounds like even in some of this t- challenging conversation, this challenging time, 
Leeds has been going abroad, has been networking with lots of other cities in the UK. And so that's my final question. Do you think, as Benjamin Barber has said, that mayors in the end are going to rule the world? <laughs> yes, well, um, or, or city leaders. Or, oh, sorry. <laughs> city Hall will rule the world. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I would frame it. I, yes, in so many ways we already do. But, you know, um, it's, you know when, when you're in a situation where you have to go to Whitehall to get approval to put a roundabout on, on the road, you realise we've got a little way to go. <laughs> Not quite ruling yet. <laughs> well, thank you very much thank for you. your time. This was the Global Policy Next Generation podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you're interested in being a part of the podcast, being interviewed, or know anybody who should be interviewed, please drop us a line at next.generation at global-policy.com. Thanks for listening.